0: Welcome to Conversations With. My name is Shaili Hugendorn and I live with Bipolar 2 Disorder. Sharing with others is healing both individually and collectively. Sharing our stories will educate others, bring more understanding, shed more light and smash more stigma. Our voices need to be heard. Our stories aren't over yet. This is Bipolar. Hi everyone, and welcome back to This is Bipolar Conversations With. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, a teacher, and a fierce mental health advocate. Um, and I live with bipolar two disorder. And I'm so super pumped to have Haley on here. She is going to tell us a little bit about who she is and what she does.
1: Thank you. Uh, mom, my name is Haley Rose. I run a uh, page both on TikTok and Instagram called Mind Over Mood. Um, and I'm here just uh, as an advocate for not just mental health, but specifically severe mental illness, because it's something that is not talked about very often, even among people in the mental health advocacy community. I am living with, uh, I have a current diagnosis of schizoaffective bipolar bipolar type, which is essentially bipolar one with symptoms of schizophrenia. Um, and I also have ADHD. Um, and Bonus. Yeah, bonus. <laughs> and, um, and something called body dysmorphic disorder, which is not dysphoria, but where you just have parts of your body that you are, you know, you struggle with a lot to a, to a, a clinical degree. Um and uh, and yeah, just I'm I'm here to kind of show that we're not monsters, we're not villains, we're not you know someone from a horror movie, uh, and we're not always the drama. Um, but we're just normal people uh, living with a health condition, and we are all around you. And it's probably good to treat us that way.
0: Yes! Oh my goodness! Best intro ever! <laughs> <Thank> yes, <you. laughs> I love it. I'm so excited too because. Um, I follow Haley on Instagram, so I see all her things, but I don't know her full story. So my favorite interviews are when I don't even know what they're going to say. So that's really exciting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'd love to, I'd love to start back, Haley. When did you notice, like, was it childhood, teenage years? Did you notice that there was something going on or did this start happening more in your 20s? Tell us about that.
1: Well, um, the ADHD is something, for example, that usually you find out when you're a little kid. And so basically my whole life, I've felt very, very different, Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. And I didn't really fit in with other people. And especially when you're a kid, you can't really understand why you feel different, why you can't communicate with other kids, why they don't seem comfortable around you. Like they do around each other, you know, things like that, um, And, uh, and so I kind of grew up with that and it made me feel kind of very, almost aloof. Like I didn't want to be around people Mm -hmm. anymore because I was, I was, uh, conditioned to assume that they wouldn't like me or they wouldn't understand me, or I wasn't going to be their favorite person or whatever. Um, and things like that. Um, and then I, I didn't really realize what it was completely. Mm -hmm. Um, but as a teenager, I developed depression Um, and I got diagnosed with depression and they gave me antidepressants and those did not work and nobody put together why, um, you know, even my psychiatrist, which is weird because I mean, it was a while ago, but it wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't so long ago that, you know, um, they, uh, and, and then I went through my college years, um. Having these points where I felt extremely low, and my lows would last for months or even like over a year. You oh. know what I mean? Like they would last for a long, long time. And um, but then I'd have these periods for weeks uh, where I felt amazing, where I thought I was the best, where everything was coming up me where I was accomplishing lots of stuff, where I didn't need sleep, and I thought, oh, maybe I'm just special, because I don't need sleep, and blah, 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 and I all of a sudden, and, and I have drawings from, like, literally where I would draw myself in this big thing, saying I'm high on life, and I look back, and I'm like, I was, I was manic, or at yeah. least hypomanic. I was, I was either hypomanic or manic at those points, but I didn't know. No. no. And, and when I was, when I was, uh, and again, I was somebody who was always described as very intense, um, <laughs> which I think a lot of, yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people with bipolar disorder have had that label. Um, and, uh, I, you know, again, nobody knew why, uh, I'd have these big, uh, rage outbursts at people when I got pushed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, even at one point when I, I didn't get along with my mom's boyfriend, when we lived, when I had to still live at home, when I was like 20 in my twenties, uh, and he'd be yelling at me and I'd be yelling at him and I could feel myself just going over the top with Mm. it. And I could like, I would be like foaming at the mouth and I'd be like sitting there and my mother would get in front of me and she'd be like, something is wrong with you. She'd just look at me, and she'd be like, "I mean that." She'd go, "Sweetheart, this is not normal." That's what she said. She said, "This is not normal," and I was all like, "Yes, yeah, great, you." Blah blah blah. You didn't have him at the house then, you know. Blah like you know all that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was really hard and stressful, and he wasn't exactly you know mentally well either. Um, mm, that's hard. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I I, I was uh, given a diagnosis by a psychiatrist. For bipolar disorder when I was about 19 or so, when 19. You were 19. Or 20, oh wow, yeah. 19 or 20. And I didn't believe him. I didn't uh, take it seriously because I yeah. knew I knew a couple of men who mm-hmm. had bipolar disorder, bipolar one. And it comes out, I think, a lot differently in men than it does in women on on the whole. I think it's expressed differently. And they had a very aggressive. Mm. version of bipolar disorder and they were just always getting in trouble one of them was always in jail one of them had like you know three kids by three different women and just was all over the place and everything Mm. I thought that's not me I'm not like that you know I'm a good you know I don't go to jail or anything like that you know uh and so I didn't believe it and then uh when I was like 24 or so 25 I got diagnosed again Uh, with Mm -hmm. bipolar disorder, because I was going through depression. And I didn't take them seriously then either, because I thought that was BS. Because again, I wasn't like the people that I knew Mm
0: -hmm. that had
1: bipolar disorder, at least I didn't think I was. Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, one of the the other guy, not the one that had been going into jail, that was my friend's brother. But the other guy who had bipolar disorder was my stepdad as a kid for a long time. And he broke our family in a manic episode. And so that was really hard um and i can say something else about that in a bit but um then when i was 27 i had this day where i had had a fine day actually um and then an existential kind of crisis came down and i had and this is a whole other part of this story, but basically I had the mother of all nervous breakdowns mm. for me. I, I went into this panic attack where I crumbled under the bed. I couldn't breathe. I was screaming. I had this vortex in front of me of all my life. Everything I ever loved was like mocking me. I couldn't remember my name. I couldn't breathe. It was just this horrible thing and I couldn't stop crying. And then after that, I went for a year and a half where every day, I didn't go a single day almost without crying and/or having a big panic attack. Oh, friend! And I was in. And it makes me cry to think about. but I was in the mm. worst depression that I have ever experienced, and I oh. hope it was a psychotic depression. Mm. It was a very psychotic depression, and I didn't really even know what that was at the time. Yeah, um, but. Uh, they said, and I, I started like, you know, these kind of voices, these mean voices would be talking to me in my head and like saying these things, and I was constantly, like all the time. I was dissociating and like derealizing, which is basically a form of dissociation for people who don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Derealization is when you detach from reality around you, and suddenly you don't feel you're a part of it anymore which is very wow. weird and that association yeah. can happen to me sometimes where it feels like I've kind of slipped into this kind of 360 movie like I put on a VR headset you know wow. um and I had to act like I was okay mm-hmm. for, you know around me um but I wasn't in those episodes you know and so I thought oh my god I have schizophrenia and so I went and got tested um and, and it's like, every time I was in a psychiatrist's office, I just, I collapsed in my chair, like over like my face and my knees. Mm. And I, I, I got uh, kind of tested by their psychologists and they said, well, you don't have schizophrenia. You have bipolar disorder. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, that's not, yeah, it's <laughs> not a huge amount better. But I took them seriously at that point, because yeah. I didn't have anything else. Um, yeah. And um,
0: Desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Before you, um, I sounded like Dwight Schrute there. Question. The cats say that all the time. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, when, when the two times that you said that you didn't take it serious, I'm just curious about in there. So when you weren't taking it serious, did you take the medication? Did you take medication? Or were you just like, oh, thanks.
1: No, I refuse to believe that was okay. a thing. So okay. I but didn't have any medication whatsoever. I was like, no, nah, they're stupid. And even my mom, because my mom knew only those other people that right. had it. And she's all like, that's not you. That's not my baby. My baby's not broken like yeah. that. Yeah, You know, <laughs> so I was like, which yeah, is right exactly why
0: you're <laughs> here to explain, like there are extreme unmedicated versions, but there are a whole sp- spectrum of bipolar right yes yes
1: and both of those men by the way were not medicated or at least they weren't taking their medication and care seriously Mm -hmm. um and it showed yeah so
0: Exactly. And what we're, what's, we're seeing, what's seen on TV and all of those things. And I love that you brought up the differences because uh, with it being men's mental health month, I was looking into all those things, but my brain doesn't remember facts, but I know (laughs) that it talked about facts. Mine remembers useless facts. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Back to your, so you, this is, you were having this year, year and a half of every day, having these episodes of every day. Wow. And I
1: thought there was no, there was no, the only reason I didn't take, you know, the easy way out, you know, is because I didn't, I didn't want to do that to my, my mother because I, I was the only good thing my mother has in her life in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That's what she always said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't do that to my husband you know, my husband, uh, he'd already had a lot of trauma in his life and I didn't want to add to that. You know what I mean? But I got to a point where I like, I, I almost resented them because they wouldn't let me die. Yeah. I couldn't die. And that's all yeah. I wanted to do at that point. Yeah, I wanted
0: it to end.
1: I wanted it to be over because I, it's like, I sat there and it was like, Do you ever see the old uh, Disney Alice in Wonderland, the cartoon? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's a point where she's walking through this random part of Wonderland alone, and she's supposed to be following this road. But then this like little broom creature meets up with her and is coming back in her direction and has swept away the whole path right in front of her. And then it looks at her, it hops around her, and it starts sweeping the path behind her too. So now she's just left in this little square. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: And that's how I felt. I was just in this little square. There was no going back. There was no going forward. There was just waiting. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what the hell's the point of that? I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, and it 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 just it felt absolutely pointless. I felt like I was just waiting for my natural end.
0: And I hated it. So so, you know, and it was,
1: but you know, you have a deterrent there and that's really important. And that's why I try to say so many things Mm. to people. And it's hard to say without crying, but it's like, I try to say these kinds of things to people who are in that space, because I know I have a long time of experience in that place. And I know, and you know, it's, it seems like it's a forever thing and it's not,
0: you know, Wow. That's so powerful, especially to the people listening. If you're, if you're in that, in that square right now, we, we don't know how or when, but there, there, there is hope. There There is. And, and, and the thing
1: that I always say too, is it's all like, however, you know, if you're in that space, however, you think your life's going to go, if you stay you're wrong, (laughs) True however you think it's going to go for better, for worse, you're wrong because you don't know. I could never, ever, ever have predicted the way that my life has gone from any phase to another ever and True. and and it's all different and it's all new, and I never thought these things, and so it's like the life that you think you're leading mm. is probably not the life you're leading, and when you are in a deep depression like that, you think, excuse me, you think uh you know that you're uh, you're under the impression that your death is not going to have the impact that it
0: is going to have. Yeah,
1: exactly. On everyone around you. I'm and just an inconvenience. Who That's you. my
0: thought. That's exactly. my intrusive thought. You're an inconvenience. People would be better. right. You're burden.
1: You're just slowing everyone down. Like, oh, yeah. they'll get over it. You know, blah. But they're not going to get over it. No, they're not going to get over it. I promise you. I have people in my family who have lost people to, to suicide who I, you know, I wasn't related to them directly at the time. And It's been decades or like years and years and they're still not over it because they can't get over it because you leave a hole, you transfer that grief to someone else. And while that grief might have ended for you, eventually Mm -hmm. it will never end for them. Mm
0: -hmm. It will never
1: end for them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And you get people saying, well, I've been waiting around. I've been waiting around. I know I waited around a very, very long time. Many times I spent Mm -hmm. years. I've spent years in that space. I've lost years of my life in that space, but you know, it's it, the way you are seeing life now is with this big fun house mirror that you were surrounded mm-hmm. with. And you were seeing this warped, crazy image of yourself. Yeah. You can't see the world outside of you. You see yourself in a fun house mirror because you can't think of anything but yourself in your own life when mm-hmm. you're depressed. And it's not because you're selfish. It's because that's just all depression lets you see is this weird warped version of yourself mm-hmm. and your life. And, you know, there's a whole world out
0: there that you're just being hidden from right now. Wow. That's yeah, that's true. It's true. I saw this video and um, usually sometimes if they're like too inspirational and kind of sarcastic and make fun of them. But this video really got me because it was saying like, uh, I don't know if it was just at a sensitive moment or what, but it was talking about like, there's so many of this, like, or like maybe, I don't know, sunsets or, or there's so many people I haven't met, or there's so many and it really got me. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to try and think about. Right. That's because mm-hmm. I like, I meet the coolest people, especially doing this job, right? Like we
1: wouldn't yeah. have met
0: each other and got to hang out. Right. Or, this is a
1: cool moment that you would right? miss And that's because, and that's the thing. It's always like people like, I hate when people just say, think of all that you'll miss because when you're that depressed and everything you, no. sucks, you're a lot like, that's the point. I want to miss it. I don't want to sit around for it, but that's what it's like. like, No, no, no. You don't know what you're going to miss. Yes. But whatever it is, there's going to be some parts of it that are way worth it that you're going to miss out on. I promise you. Yes.
0: Yes. I think that's (laughs) the way, I think that's why I make fun of because I get really like toxic positivity activates me and I'm just like, oh, okay. I can't stand that. Yeah. But you got it just right. Yes. It's not like, yeah, it's not cheesy. It's, it's, it can be beautiful. I I I think there's a
1: whole, I think there's a whole need to learn for people who do get suicidal, how -hmm. to understand what it really is. Mm -hmm. And then for people around them to learn how to talk to people who are suicidal, because there's a very specific way that you need to talk to people you know, who are suicidal because you say certain things and it either doesn't mean anything or makes it worse or, yeah. you know, you act certain ways and it doesn't do anything. And, you know, no. there's nothing that makes someone who's suicidal feel less heard than you yes. showering toxic positivity on them. Oh
0: so worse they already feel so bad about yourself right 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 well they're like well obviously if someone's listening right now would they like go google like we have things um, but they aren't specific to people that are suicidal but we've got some episodes words that help words that hurt we talk a lot about this but do you think can you think of a resource or anywhere that people could go where do you talk about that on your instagram i do
1: um, I, I, talk about it. So in fact, I just did a, I just did a post recently that was a text post about it, but I want to do more. Um, because there's a, there's, there's, and I've, I've done several text posts on it. Okay, um, cool. and, and I can do that, they, you know, and, and you, you do a Google search and there's going to be all kinds of resources that say all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm not saying that I'm 100% right all the time because I'm definitely not, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> from, from, my own personal experiences with it that I know there are certain parts that are universal. There's just, there's certain things that people need to understand about suicide. And even, even my family who has lost, you know, parents and things to suicide, it's like, they were always like, didn't understand it, didn't get it, didn't get it. And it's like, well, there's a perspective that's Mm -hmm. there that if you haven't been there, you don't really see. Mm -hmm. And it's a scary perspective. And it's a, it's, it's a weird kind of pain. And sometimes it's a pain that hurts so much that you don't feel anything at all. It's a weird pain. In fact, you know, the last time, the last time I had made an attempt when I was, it was in 2016, I didn't feel a whole lot at all. It was this numbness. It was this practical sense of, well, I guess it's over. There's no need to wait around. I guess we're done, you know? And it was all like, there's no point staying, you know, cheerio. And, and that was, that was it. And that was also a psychotic depression, which I didn't realize at the time, but it was, and I was living alone and that was not a good combo. Right. Um, But a lot of the time it's just that. And um, people need to realize that too. And the other thing is like the way that I was going to do it in my head at the time didn't seem consequential. It just seemed like, okay, this is just going to be a way to just do it, not take it back and it'll be done. And you know, everything like that, but looking back on it now that chosen way would have been absolutely horrific for mm. everyone I knew and for people I probably didn't know. And I could have hurt people that I didn't know physically. I could have hurt them. I was going to jump off of a freeway overpass. Wow. What if I had landed on a car and they'd gotten in an accident? They did not want to be here. What yeah. if uh, a child had seen me and now a child is scarred for life. What if anybody had seen me and been scarred for life? What about the police and, and people who would have to find me like that? What about my mother mm. who would have to have identified me like that? Like that's, it's horrific. And you don't think about those kinds of things that this never even occurred to me at the time, wow. you know, and, 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 and because you don't think about it because again, it, it doesn't let you see outside world it makes you just see you and your world yeah. in a really it makes and everything dark, horrible small. way yes and and warped and terrible and you know yeah. and that's what it that's what it does yeah. um and so you know again it's one of those things where it's like if you can just hold on just another day just another hour just another yeah. minute and just give it another minute you know you can make that decision later but you can't unmake it yeah you know yeah. unless you get a real big stroke of luck and someone un- helps you unmake it you know
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought that up to about like, when I asked if some of it was on your page, because I think with the back to the Googling, that's why this is the whole reason why we started the podcast is because we want, you can listen to a gazillion therapist voices. And of course, as we should, they've studied Mm -hmm. yada, yada. But if you aren't listening to lived experience, like we aren't textbooks, right? Like we're not the same. You and I have both have bipolar, have bipolar two disorder, whatever that means. And, you know, we're different, even right. someone with the exact same diagnosis. And I think that we need to, to start list. Like, I think the breaking stigma is listening to stories from actual lived yeah. experience.
1: And it's interesting that you say that because, you know, a, a lot of the time I've gotten people who are therapists, who are psychologists, who are even training to be those kinds of things, who have followed my stuff and said wow it's interesting to hear this perspective of it I wasn't aware of that and I know I'm not going to be the only page where somebody has said that but it's interesting Mm -hmm. to have seen it on my Mm -hmm. page um because it's true because it's it's a it's 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 a different experience I I make simulations sometimes Mm -hmm. of my experiences Mm -hmm. where like you can watch it and put your headphones in and kind of get an idea of of what I experience because I i have a background in video production and and stuff like that, so I can kind of do that a little bit. Um, and and I know a lot of psychologists and therapists actually found it really really interesting because the way that I experience certain things, particularly the schizophrenia symptoms, are different than the way that people with straight schizophrenia might experience them, or even other people with schizoaffective might experience them, and yeah. things like that. Um, and also it helps other people. I think you know when when you're watching a simulation like that go so I'm not a fraud because that's what it feels like for me too. And, and, and me, it helped me when I made that simulation and so many other people were like, yes, that's it. That's how it feels. And I'm all like, okay, good. So it is a real thing. I don't feel like it helped me like, okay, so it is the real thing. All right. Well, that's good to know, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's powerful. I would love if you could for, even just for me, um, cause as I told you, I can't remember facts. I love hearing, I'd love, could you break down your different diagnoses and what that like, what that feels like, or looks like, um, just because, yeah, I'm, I'm just so curious. Like you talked about, um, the different kind of type of depression was it psychotic depression. Is that what you said? It was this, yeah, I've, I've yeah. had, psych- I've had
1: regular depression and then psychotic depression. Yeah. yeah like so- the
0: difference and stuff.
1: Absolutely. So when you, uh, you know, uh, and I'm sure you're going to know some of it, obviously. But when you when you have bipolar disorder, you have your mood episodes, which I think actually could equally be addressed as energy episodes. You know, 100%. it's your energy. Your energy affects your mood, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have too much, too little, too, you know, all that kind of thing. The what your energy is being sucked up by, you know, will change your mood and everything. Um, there's having that kind of mood and energy episode, and then there's taking it a step further and losing and it becoming so intense that you lose touch with reality in a big way in a noticeable way um and people you know like that that's that's the difference and 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 no way am I minimizing it I mean I used to have a bipolar 2 diagnosis right um and the biggest difference between bipolar 1 and bipolar 2 is bipolar 2 you have hypomania which is you know a big up energy that you know you you have the racing thoughts it's it's basically mania but then with bipolar one you have just mania which comes with uh more psychosis and you hear the word psychosis and it sounds weird and freaky and like someone's got a knife and they're going to stab you it's not what it is psychosis um is includes things like uh delusions fixed beliefs fixed false beliefs that you believe that are irrational and even in the face of all the evidence that it is true it is fake you don't believe that you can you can say okay okay yeah it's not real but inside you're like yes it is, you yeah. know they're all um, lying. You have mm-hmm, exactly or they just don't get it, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, then you have you know you can have extreme paranoia and you know you say paranoia everybody gets paranoid right mm. like it's it, but then there's an extra paranoia uh, that goes with the delusions that's like irrational things like. Mm that, you know, uh, I remember just in my last standalone psychotic episode, I I was so convinced that I was like a Neo from the Matrix kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I had proof. I had proof that all of these things were fake, that they were put there on purpose and blah blah. Mm. And every time I thought about it and I'm all like they know they can see you. I would see somebody who would look at me and their eyes would turn black. Like those were the people wow. who were watching. They were the ones that
0: knew yeah, yeah. That and you could gets, see and it. I it. got
1: parano- yes. And I got wow. paranoid and freaked out and it was horrible and you know there's a bug um (laughs) and and but that that can happen when you're manic and if you're uh you know if you're if you're dysphorically manic you know it might be a more negative psychosis you may also have hallucinations Mm. um audio hallucinations visual hallucinations Mm. um and uh you may have negative symptoms which I, i can talk about with a depressive Psychotic depression. But uh, when, because I don't have a huge amount of negative symptoms when I'm manic, I have too much energy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and when you have positive and negative symptoms, positive symptoms are things that add to your reality. So you're paranoid, you're delusional, you're hallucinating things that okay. aren't there. You're, you're, uh, you know, you are having extra things that aren't there. Like I remember my last manic episode at the peak, I was just sitting there listening. I'd been listening to the same four songs on loop all night long and all life changing right And I know I was just sitting there just in this weird like paralysis just like giggling <sighs> and listening to this stuff and like I was sitting there with my vape and I was just like ah really and all of a sudden it, yeah and I was like itching and all of a sudden I saw these big like violet smoky spiders like crawling up you know the wall and everything and I'm, I just looked at it and my response was just like okay so this is what's happening now. Okay, great. Like, I was just looking like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. You know, like that kind of thing. And it was just this big, like, ha you know, oh, kind of thing. Um, that's fascinating. And so that's the that's this, that's this psychosis for me with, mm-hmm. with mania, right? Um, and uh, then if you have, uh, you know, you have depression and a lot of people know what depression is, but you can have a psychotic depression, mm. psychotic depressions for me. Um, like the the delusions I'd get when I was manic and I was euphorically manic were mm-hmm. um, things like I literally thought I was God, right? You know? And it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me being you know narcissistic. It wasn't yeah. me being no. There's you know, a like, difference. Oh, I'm yeah. so important. No, I literally. My eyes are brown. The sky is blue, and I am the current manifestation of Buddha. That's it. You know what I mean? Like that was it. That was, it was just a fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I thought I was a
0: matchmaker. Like I thought I was convinced about these two people in my complex. Luckily I knew one. (laughs) I was convinced it was the night before that I actually went into the hospital and got my final diagnosis, but I was convinced they needed to be together. And that that was like my sole mission of the. that. You
1: had some kind of powers or some kind of like divine knowledge or something. Yeah. That's incredibly common. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and that's the thing with mania,
0: and you end up feeling dumb afterward, but you
1: weren't yeah, like sick. like it's like, you know, you were just yeah. Sick, like I uh, sat sick, her like, down,
0: and I was like, "Look, like this is your George in whatever yeah. to be like." <laughs> you You gotta
1: do it man you gotta do it yeah yeah no exactly and yeah and it feels well i remember i've got pages and pages of letters that i wrote my husband that i thought were direct letters from god and i was sitting there printing it like typed out single space wow point right like babe babe god's been talking to me and he wants you to know this he's blah 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 like all this he's Excuse me, and he's like, "He's a good sport." He's like, "Okay, honey, all right, thank you. I'm gonna yeah. keep these, and thank you, and you know, like that kind I'll of take thing." Take this you know, into consideration. Just, I'm gonna put these in the spam. I'm gonna put these on the fridge with a magnet. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> you know yeah. And um, we can't, yeah, we we can't help, and we know this is serious for those listening. But we, and you'll see on Haley's page, and we'll probably talk about this in a bit. We we have to laugh.
1: You have to laugh, or you're going to die. <laughs> Exactly. If I couldn't laugh, I'd be dead by now. Yeah. No, it's, and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, oh, but so I was, I was in, I was sitting up that, that kind of psychosis and mania yes, yes, and I yes, should yes, have right. gone to the yes. hospital, but it was, I ended up having to go to the hospital anyway, but I should have gone way before I did, but we were mm. scared because it was so expensive, you know you're oh, talking yeah. thousands of it's dollars so
0: different in the states yeah i'm in canada you're talking
1: thousands of dollars and that's before any kind of ambulance ride you don't take the ambulance unless you absolutely it costs, have you. so all of uh, that, it could be like thousands of dollars ever. for the None it's the, the most expensive uber you will ever have you know it could be like a thousand dollars two thousand dollars to go from here to the, the three miles to the hospital um but yeah so you know um and terrible so we didn't that makes go. me so I mad I know it's it's just it's ridiculous and it's dreadful. And there's you know there's there's things that are great about the you know innovation that Americans have created in healthcare, the things that we created, the things mm-hmm. that we've built and everything, but the 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 reward given to the citizens is dreadful. Yeah. There is no there's very little the is Yeah. But uh, um, so and I'm being ADHD about it, but uh, if you're looking at a psychotic depression, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like i said there are positive and negative symptoms of psychosis the positive add to reality the negative symptoms take away from reality right okay. so that's when you dissociate things like you know dissociating where you suddenly feel like reality is leaving you know, or like you uh, get a deeper form of dissociation called catatonia, mm. um, having a catatonic episode, which would happen to me uh, semi-regularly when I was depressed, where I would literally, I would, I would collapse onto a chair or a bed, and I could not move my body or speak for hours. Even if I had to go to the bathroom, even if I was dying of thirst, I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, I couldn't tell someone I needed to go to the bathroom, I couldn't ask for a drink of water, I couldn't do anything, except kind of like the occasional, like, uh, uh, like basically, if your mouth is slightly open, and you yeah. can you know, move your stomach to make noise, that's all I could do. Yeah. And my brain was functioning normally so I was do very aware you, that this you was
0: know happening. like does that time go by very slowly oh yeah, or, yeah? absolutely
1: yeah it, it wow. does and and it's I mean and it's hours it's and you know you can speak but you're fully aware and oh. you're trying like you might twitch a little bit but that's all you can do and you know you get really waxy and everything um you know another uh negative symptom is something called abolition um which is where you uh you want to go do stuff, but your body just kind of says, no, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to get up and do this now. And you try to go do it, but you, you just can't really, your body can't get motivated to go do it. Right. Um, and then, uh, there's another, Oh gosh. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's another A, but it's basically the one that's more common with depression where you don't have the mental motivation to do anything. You can't enjoy pleasure. Anhedonia, that's what it is. And you take it from hedonism. I don't know this word. It's like anhedonia. So it's like hedonism, but anhedonism. So hedonism is where you get all this pleasure and you want to do stuff and it's great. It's the opposite of that, where you can't feel any pleasure. You feel numb. You don't want to do stuff. Um, And, uh, you know so you get those two kind of mixed you get something called thought blocking um and speech blocking where you will literally you'll be in the middle of saying something and all of a sudden it's completely gone completely gone. And then, you know that happens sometimes. People are just all like, oh gosh, what was I saying? What was I saying? But yeah. like you can't even speak anymore. Yeah. You're it's done.
0: different. It's different. You're I done. always try to explain yeah. that a lot of the things because also we've you we've normalized words to mean things that they don't mean, like people we throw right. around depression or all these things when you don't have a clinical right. diagnosis. But right. I always try to explain it's like to the nth degree. Like yeah, you might experience you know, uh, you know, a little bit of extra energy, but this is to the nth degree, or you might right. feel a bit sad, but this is like not able to get off the floor. Like, right. So I hear exactly. what you Yeah. So it it's really hard it- to communicate to people. Um, and that's why I'm always like, take back our words, please don't use our words <laughs> as adjectives. Words. We, don't, exactly. we don't have very many.
1: Exactly. And, that, and there's actually something about the, the term bipolar disorder that I want to say, if I can remember in just a yeah. minute, but it's like, um it's like, as I always say this, it's all like, um you know, uh, everybody has to pee sometimes a lot yeah. of time, hopefully. Story. um But if you have to pee every 10 minutes, mm. something's wrong. Yeah. You know, it's not just, oh, I need to pee. I need to pee. I need to pee. It's when you need to do it all the time. You have a problem. That's mm-hmm. a clinical issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, when you're happy and high energy, that's one thing. But when you are unable to sleep, you are on overdrive and suddenly your decisions aren't really yours anymore, that is a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and well, so that's that's hard the thought blocking you get. is just different.
0: Yeah. And you get the hard thing is I thought, because, you know, I was depressed. I thought that version of me, hypomanic version of me was regular Shaley, right? So this was, yes. which happens a lot, right? And yes. you would get praised for it because it's like, look at all the things she's done. Sparkly. It's like, yeah, You're but great. I've. I haven't slept for a week and have yelled at everybody, but yeah, I have this awesome new renovation.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're sparkly and bubbly and you got this energy at least in the beginning. And then that energy is a little too much for everyone. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, I caught myself saying something. Somebody said, you know, um, you know, what's with mania? And I said, well, with mania, I finally feel like a real person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that was interesting coming out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I finally feel like a person you yeah. know, cause I don't feel like a person otherwise.
0: No, because you feel, um, but then you like have to feel to the nth degree. Right. And I think right. so many people, and I think you even said it, we get diagnosed with depression first. Right. And mm-hmm. then because well, it's more noticeable yeah, because it doesn't feel good. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's when you go get help. You're not going to get help until you have like a hypomanic crash or you're too angry or you've done something or really you've done something
1: that's just shot yourself control. in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. Where you shot yourself in the foot. Absolutely. And, and with, with this kind of thing, it's like, um, I knew that it was a depression, like a psychotic depression because Mm -hmm. I had, I had all these negative symptoms. Right. Um, but then on top of it, I did have the delusions and the extreme paranoia. I remember at one point, uh, during the last big depression when I was 27 or Mm -hmm. 20, 28, I'm sorry, 28 numbers are uh, hard. Numbers are hard, especially when you've had quite a few of them at this point. Um, <laughs> when uh, when you know, it's, uh, I was at 28, I remember I couldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. Hardly ever, I was like a lion pacing a little cage. That's all I could do. Yeah. Um, and I was starting to get convinced that there was this demon that was watching me and following mm-hmm. me. And it got to a point where I couldn't close the shower curtain when I was showering because I was afraid that it was gonna be standing there when i Aww, opened it you up open it. and oh. and i couldn't have the lights out i couldn't uh i i i drew pictures of it just it was always behind me it was always watching me it was always you know going to be there and um you know i was it was terrifying um oh, and is. uh and i had this paranoia about it and everything and then before that again with the one where i was numb in 2016 where i made my attempt it was uh it was that I had been living, I was living alone. So that was bad. And all I ever did was talk to people via text on the computer. And I was so alone and I was so depressed. I thought I started thinking nobody else existed, but me, I started thinking that all of these people were fake and that I, and I'd walk down the street and I'd see people, but nobody would really like talk to me, talk to me because they're strangers. Why would they, you know? And so I was convinced that I was living in this world that where no one existed, but me. And so I started freaking out and it was this weird, like psychological thing. And I, you know, and, you know, I should have known at that point that something was very, very wrong, but I just didn't, I thought, oh, I'm just depressed right now. Whatever. It's fine. It's not fine. Yeah. It's not fine. If you're thinking stuff like that, it's not fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Tell if you, if you're someone tell someone, <laughs> tell someone, if, if you your trust.
1: thoughts start seeming weird, or you think to yourself, if I told this to someone, they wouldn't get it. Yeah. You need to talk to somebody about it. Someone professional, because maybe it's something, Yeah, you know?
0: Yeah. Like. And I think it's worse. Like sometimes um, it's, it's like, yeah, but what about the stigma? What about this? And I don't want that. And even though, yeah, of course I didn't want to be diagnosed with bipolar, but there was a teeny bit of freedom. Right? It, it was a teeny that. bit of relief. Yes. Freedom and but relief because it's like, okay, it's something to explain it. And I feel less like right. it put me in a box, although people do that very nicely sometimes. Right. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, yes. It
0: felt more like in it felt boxes. more like an, yeah, an explanation. <laughs> right. So instead, yeah. I would always just be like, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? It's like, oh, and then to hear the power of there are other people out there because you just having the same experience. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and also too, it's like, okay, so not only is this not, you know, uh, just a character flaw, but there's something that can be done about it. Yes. There's a way I can learn to manage it. Yes. There's things I can look out for where I know that I can do something so that it doesn't get to this point anymore. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Um, yeah, I do know what you mean. It's interesting. Um, I thought about this when you were talking. I've been kind of wrestling with this idea, because I never really thought of it before, because I've been like, Uh, somewhat like things are muted right like I still have episodes but things are more muted since medication and um but I was thinking about this idea of someone said oh yeah that's a chronic illness or that's incurable and of course I knew that but lately, like wrapping my head around that was really interesting because it just showed like the, the self stigma or the stigma that I still have that it I still sometimes think like, oh, it's something we can overcome. And I know that absolutely isn't true. Right. Like it's that it isn't, and I think,
1: but that's not a bad thing. It's just, it is no, what it is. You it know is what I mean?
0: It is. Yeah you know, and it's fine. you know, you got, to. and once you it. get onto that, like, I, I, I always feel so bad when people are like, when do you think I'll get off medication? And I want to be like, you know what? I started more of a, like walking along a healing journey. Um, mm-hmm. once I was like, if I have to take this forever, I have to take it forever. It helps. Right. Like yeah, that yeah. whole idea of it. We, we have this idea of like, uh, conquering or getting it over or it's going to totally go away and I think once you can
1: you're fighting an ocean wave it's going to keep coming and, yes you know and that's the thing yeah. and actually like that's 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 what I say like if someone's asking I had to learn how to deal with these massive panic attacks that I would have and I know you probably had them too yeah. um and it's like the the one of the one of the reasons they're so hard is a lot of people struggle against them You know, a lot of people sit there and they're like, "Ah, this is not happening. Ah, and it's like, no, it is happening and that's okay because they happen. And it's like, I get to that point where it will knock the wind out of me, Mm. but, but you know, it's what started off as that big crumbling vortex, you know, kind of panic attack is now at a point where I just hear this, like get this like kind of wrecking ball in my stomach and I get numb and tingly, but emotionally I'm kind of okay.
0: Yeah. But wow. I mean,
1: because you learn how to manage these things when you know that they exist. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to open an umbrella when you see a big wave and hope that you don't get wet? Or are you just going to get on a surfboard and try and surf it back to the shore until it's done? Because that umbrella oh, is that's so good. Up, I can tell you right now, you know, <laughs> like it's yeah. you, know, you sit there, you got, you're not going to fight it, you yeah. know, just, just let it go and it'll be done. And, and, you know, it's.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. The whole, the whole, I used to think like therapists were a little bit, um, unhelpful when it would be like, feel your feelings. I'm like, don't you understand that? That's what I've been trying not to do I don't want to feel life. my
1: feelings. Oh my God. The amount of that's, that's a huge reason that bipolar people struggle. With with sobriety, because it's all like you know, therapists will say, "Feel your feelings." Like, do you understand the feelings that I have? Because I don't want to feel these feelings. I'm always too feeling many. my feelings. There's too many, and they're not rational, and you know all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean,
0: well, and then I overthink it. I'm like, Am I feeling the right feeling at this right time? And then yes, it like
1: yes. It's like, what? is this feeling this feeling or is it that yeah. feeling?
0: Should I be so I've feeling. Yeah. So I've kind yeah, of no. found it helpful, more helpful to like, like I. I like the idea of more like stay in your body, like that idea. Mm-hmm. Then feeling it like stay exactly in your body it. while it happens, and if you stay feel in your, your body. body,
1: exactly yeah. feel what's going on in your body. I can tell you exactly what's physically happening during a panic attack because that's what you focus on. Yeah, and it's like you know people don't realize you know it's like this is a scary experience because not because of what's happening physically, but because of what's happening mentally. If you were to just suddenly start feeling the sensation of laughing, yeah, it would not be very comfortable. It would be, it's your stomach contracting to the point where you might even get hiccups and it might get sore and everything. But if you don't find anything funny, like it's uncomfortable. The reason that laughter feels good is because you're enjoying yourself. If you suddenly feel the feeling of being on a roller coaster, it's terrifying You know what I mean? Like in a bad way, but if you're on the roller coaster and you like roller coasters, it's exciting. You know what I mean? And, but it's the same feeling. And then when you get a panic attack, the reason that this kind of numbing tingling, I mean, I'm sorry. It's like when you take a a recreational drug, you kind of feel that way too, but you're enjoying yourself Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, but it's like, you know, but this, this feeling, the, the, the physical sensations are neutral. If you can focus on those and let that happen and process what's happening there, um, then, then you're focusing on something neutral until it passes. And a lot of the time, it's not that these feelings are these emotions and thoughts are causing a physical sensation. This physical sensation is causing these emotions and thoughts. After you get into it, that's what I think people don't
0: understand. There may be a
1: trigger thought, but the rest of it is that your brain is confused and thinking, "Well, I'm feeling this way. There must be a reason.
0: Let's think of one." Mm
1: -hmm. You know what I mean? And it does. And yeah. and that you don't it, no, there
0: is no real reason except something went wrong in your brain. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So you then know? to tell me to just think positively. Well, my body's still doing the thing.
1: That's not rainbow sunshine. Out.
0: Rainbow sunshine. Oh, guess what? Look I still it. feel the same. Exactly. You're like,
1: oh God, I've missed out on the rainbows and sunshine because I'm depressed. <laughs> ah, you know what I mean? Like, it'll find a way to make it terrible. Um, you know, or sentimental things. It's like, exactly. Oh, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so you feel that, and it's it's something that you don't understand i don't think until you've really felt it
0: yeah you know yeah it's Um, true it's true some of the public speaking that i do i did this one thing where i actually talked through a panic attack and like the thoughts like my thoughts or whatever and i remember that i felt ridiculous doing it but i remember people were like that was so helpful they're like holy cow you think all of that in a matter of and i'm like yeah they're like whoa Mm -hmm. right yeah and i think i've done something similar but i couldn't find (laughs) it.
1: Like somewhere on my page, somewhere in the 600 something post. but yeah. no, yeah, it's, it's helpful to kind of go through it. And, you know, and then it's like, if you have an overwhelming emotion and you can't get rid of that, don't fight it. Yeah. Just let it come and go, you know, uh, uh, crying uh, will end that feeling that you need to cry faster than not crying. Yeah. You know, True. like, um, you know, and so it's like, that's kind of the feel your feelings. But I think, especially when it's coming from someone who doesn't have a mood disorder, it's kind of like you know
0: you're like no you know yes, hundred <laughs> like, percent just like no you know sorry I don't know if I was supposed thanks to. thanks <laughs> for coming out yeah. yeah you're all like no <laughs> you don't, you don't you don't get it you don't get exactly, it exactly exactly so question for um, you Haley I'm curious about um I don't know this I don't know the answer to this have were you ever hospitalized have you been hospitalized yes
1: um I've had to go to the hospital and have had to go to crisis units before okay um because again the hospital is very expensive um and they did not. In the hospital, they didn't exactly know how to treat it because the only place it was available was a general hospital. Okay. Uh, And so they didn't really know what to do. They would just leave me in the room for hours um, and I was sitting there just kind of like, you know, giggling and kicking everything. I was manic. I was yeah. giggling. I was kicking everything. I was like smacking on the walls and just being like, my husband came and checked I'm all like, what do you want to have for dinner, babe? Like, you know, like <laughs> the kind of thing. And he's all like, he has this look on his face, like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm all like, yeah. what? Let's get Chinese. You know, like, yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah. like it was just, you know, like this is, you know, like this is bad. But, um, you know, they ended up like when I went in, um, I was psychotic and I was screaming and things. And I was like, yeah, and being belligerent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up having to have the cops come and escort me to my room. <laughs> and they're like, and they're all like, okay, you can either be nice or essentially we're going to have to restrain you or you can yeah. just chill out. And I was at least saying, i would be like, I don't want to be that guy in a straight jacket. I'm just gonna, am just yeah. gonna try and just be like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. just kind of yeah. keep it in. But you know, it was almost there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's hard to just like you're saying, like I, sometimes I try not to get bitter about it, but I feel like I would have gotten a diet because I was diagnosed really late. Like I was 2010, which is in my thirties, which I don't remember. I tell myself I'm going to remember the number every time. And then I don't, but I was yeah. <laughs> in my thirties before I got my diagnosis, which generally is pretty late. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I had gone into my doctor several times before that. And I actually, even like my husband and I like looked like, we actually think I have this symptoms. Like, could I possibly be bipolar. And he was like, nah, you got it two together. And so even within exactly. the medical community, the, the more complicated or severe mental illnesses, I feel like they're not super understood. And my doctors real like delivering babies and doing all the other things. I'm not saying like, Oh, my doctor sucks. It's just clear. No, they're very smart, but it's
1: just a very different world that they're not properly trained yeah. in. Yeah. And even some of them that are, it's like the psychiatrists. psychiatrists. I mean, I respect what you do if you're a psychiatrist and everything. Yeah but you spend 15 minutes with someone and then you give them a diagnosis, which, you know, I guess you're qualified to do, but you know, it's yeah. like, it, it's just happened so kind of fast and willy nilly and stuff like that. And, you know, you just don't have the time to really get yeah. to know
0: that. Yeah. And you have I to realize that. Do you have you know? to wait there? Like, so yes, we have free healthcare here. Um, but in Canada, but like, you can be in crisis and it's like, you have three months, four month waiting list. I'm like, yes. so that's See. why, so that's why I went to Emerge because I didn't have, you don't have very many other choices here. Right, right? that's the
1: and one it, thing that's, yeah, that's the one thing that actually is better with healthcare in the States is, I mean, like my, my husband's from the UK, right? Okay. Um, and they have the NHS, which I think operates fairly similarly as a socialized healthcare system. And he was on a waiting list for two years uh, for mental health. Um, and then when he got here, uh, they were able once he got his insurance and everything situated, they were able to see him in two weeks, um, for a regular one. And if I had, if I had an emergency right now, yeah, I could probably call and get somebody to see me on, on video
0: tomorrow. Wow. Um, so, so so it's like bonus for me, but then honestly, because I'm, I very much acknowledge that I'm very privileged, uh, you know, a part of me is like, I would pay anything to, you know, cause I, we get a lot of messages, like you probably do a lot of messages. And I, especially when it's from Canadians, I'm like, unfortunately, like you have to go to emerge. There isn't, you can't like, don't wait. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I always put it like, it's like, um, I always say it like, you know, in, in, in food service and hospitality, it's all like, you know, if you are in a place where you have to heavily tip, You're spending more money, but you're going to get service where the people want to earn a tip. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like if you're in a if you're somewhere where hospitality doesn't get tipped, well then they don't really have you know
0: Mm -hmm. they'll
1: they'll they'll do what they need to do when they need to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's like Mm -hmm. you saved money, but also you got service that you would get Mm -hmm. for saving money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. And and so you know there's there's that kind of thing. Um, So many. Also there's medications that I got here that I wouldn't have been able to get, you know, in the UK or whatever. I don't know about Canada, but I know about the UK mm, um, and, and some stuff like that. But, but uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's obviously there's that big aching hole in our yeah. flaw in our system that I think everyone's familiar with. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's sad. And there is there is still stigma and stuff here. Um, When it comes to stuff like that, like I I had a a nurse practitioner uh, for my psychiatrist that I would see when I couldn't see him, the actual psychiatrist, and he actually looked at me one day, and I was in the middle of a standalone psychotic episode because just an aside, the reason that I have the schizoaffective bipolar Mm -hmm. diagnosis is um, when you have bipolar one or with psychotic features or whatever, you will have psychosis while you are in a mood episode. But if you start also having psychosis, when you are not in a mood episode, it comes up on its own, okay. then you have a schizoaffective uh, disorder. If you have oh. just psychosis without the mood episodes, then you have schizophrenia. Um, okay. So you have a little bit of both, you have schizoaffective disorder. Um, and so I was in a standalone psychotic episode and you can see it on my face. If I'm really? having, if I'm having, oh yeah, it's and and it scares my husband, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it's a scary face, because it looks like there's something really wrong with me. Wow. Um, you know, and and I was sitting there with that face with him. Um, or no, I didn't have that face with him at the time because I had just a little bit more kind of cognitive coherency, whatever. <gasps> and he looked at me and he goes, Well, you don't, you don't, you don't look like you have schizoaffective. He goes, You're too expressive. And I'm all like, what? Like, and I asked like a bunch of other people, I'm part of a schizoaffective support group where there's thousands and thousands and all of them were so indignant. Like I have facial expressions, blah, blah, blah. What do they mean? And I'm sorry, but when you have bipolar disorder, you have facial expressions, Oh. you know, like you do, I know. <laughs> you know, a like, lot of them. Yes. Because you feel a lot of things. It's like, you realize I still have that. Right. Like, you know, like it's not, and just to be told, you don't look like you have, oh, that's something. the worst. Like, what does that please. Look Anybody
0: listening, never say never say. And it's like it's the
1: same as saying you don't look gay or you don't look, you know, like you're, you know, whoever or whatever, you know, and it's just like, well, that doesn't have a look. It's it either it is or it isn't, you know? It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, you know.
0: I I hear you and sometimes people think of that as like a compliment, right? And I'm like, no it's 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 not a it's not a compliment and also you're diminishing my experience completely the experience of others right I don't know if it's like this human thing where we want to make a hierarchy of okay that's why I hate things like high functioning it like it makes it sound like you're trying to sound like I know we don't have another words for it for some of the anxiety but it makes it sound like better it's like no Right. Right. Or, or less severe. Like you're not suffering
1: as much as somebody else, which is also a thing. And I think within our own community, there's this thing that I call the suffering Olympics. Yes. That some people play where it's like, you know, someone's describing their experience you know, and it's like somebody's got to chime in and be like, Well, I trade places with you because this is mine. And you're like, Okay, oh, get lost. You know, like just just stop. Like, you know, there's certain people who always have to be the worst sufferer
0: in the room. Yeah. And let me your tell you Your heart is your heart, right? Exactly. It doesn't help. It's, it's to think everyone, other people it's have it's relative. Worse. Yeah, it's really and not different. that I'm not empathetic about no, other people course. that have it worse, but it's still, I'm experienced my experience. There's a I
1: lack do. of empathy with people who play the suffering Olympics because they're not convinced that anyone's suffering like they are. And let me tell you, it's like two things. One, I go and visit a man who's in his 60s, who is in a permanent psychiatric living home, right? Mm-hmm. He's permanent inpatient. He has major schizophrenia and now has dementia because of all of the medications and all of the very draconian things that they made. that they used to do to people with schizophrenia like he had to have those kinds of things and it messed with like in the movies yeah I don't think I've ever seen anyone more mentally ill than that man
0: so you can't sit
1: there and tell me that you have the most of this symptom or whatever and then on the second point right like I've described to you some pretty severe symptoms right like and and they are scary but I've gotten to a point where I'm used to them and so when they come up, they're frustrating, they're distressing, they're upsetting, yeah. they can be scary, but I'm used to them. They are not rocking my world, right? right. Um, whereas there may be somebody else who comes up. Uh, I, I had a friend I was talking to just last night who was having his first ever panic attack. Mm. He was terrified. And mm-hmm. he'd never had any of the major severe symptoms or whatever that like I go through or anything like that. But man, that panic attack knocked him on his butt. Yeah. and And it's like, Looking at the two of us, can you really tell who's suffering more? Can yeah. you make that call? Yeah. Because Who are we?
0: You know and I'm curious like- if it's their, if it's someone's own trauma, right? That you haven't been. I I try and think of it like they clearly haven't been heard, right? Yes. If you're trying yes. to push push that on, and I try to I try to see it through that trauma lens. But yeah, it's hard. I because I I get it a lot because it's bipolar too. Well, that's not as bad. It's like. Oh, I, I feel that. pretty bad. I
1: hate that. No, and, and it's, it's stressful it's because it's like, yeah, you don't get the full-blown mania, but it's notorious for creating much deeper depressions than a lot of people with bipolar one experience. And again, yeah, you can't really define that. You know what I mean? And, and it's interesting that you pointed out trauma. I'm not going to, I'm not going to start going on a stereotype. I'm not going to stigmatize a specific disorder, okay. but there have been more people with a specific disorder. I'm not Mm going to say which one that is, but it is trauma-based, who continually play the suffering Olympics. Every time I see it, almost every time I see it, it's somebody with this particular disorder that actually is trauma-based around not being heard, around being diminished, around being devalued. And so it's interesting because those people are the ones that are chronically saying we have the worst thing you can possibly have. They'll say it to the face of someone with schizophrenia and they just look at you and they're like, really, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, and, and so it's not like, and it, and it you yeah. know, but it is, you know,
0: that's, that's, that's hard. It's hard. It's, it gives you so much more compassion and empathy than to, when you start looking for, uh, you know, what's your, what's you're looking through things through a trauma lens, listen, yeah. We're going to do a second episode. I have 5,000 more questions to ask you. (laughs) If you're just tuning in, the next episode is going to come out really, really, really soon. So please, please, please please come back. (laughs) Awesome. This is Bipolar. Thanks again for tuning in. You can find video versions of This is Bipolar on our YouTube channel. We also have all our previous and soon to be future episodes of the podcast on Apple, Podbean, Spotify and Google Play. We spend most of our time on Instagram at this.is.bipolar. There is a vibrant community there where we have conversations and post different ideas and different strategies and we'd just love for you to join us there. It is so helpful if you enjoy our work, or think it would be helpful to someone if you could like and share and save and follow us in all or any of those spaces. If you're a listener for the podcast, if you could leave a review, we would be forever grateful. Again, thank you for being here with us. Let's get the word out. Let's share lived experiences so that we can change the ideas that people have about bipolar and help those of us that live with it feel less alone. This is Bipolar.